Open your Bibles to uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. Uh, I didn't plan well again. Can I get some water? That cracker just... Uh, someone can grab one of those. That would be wonderful. Um, Charlie, I, w- I forgot to thank you. We had a fifth quarter after the fourth quarter, Friday, um, with a bunch of kids. And Charlie made 200 hot dogs and stuff. So thanks. Thanks, Chuck. Daniel 2.31. There was a dream last week. We're going to interpret it this week. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel came and said, uh, Your Majesty, um, as you were watching, suddenly a colossal statue appeared. That statue was tall and dazzling, and it was standing in front of you, and its appearance was terrifying. And the head of the statue was pure gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its stomach and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron, its feet were partly iron and partly fired clay. And as you were watching, a stone broke off without a hand touching it, and it struck the statue on the feet of iron, fired clay, and crushed them. Thank you. Amen. Let's stand. That's it. Thank you, Charlie. This is God's word. Um, So I plan on getting into a lot of detail um, today, but instead we're just going to zoom out and uh, nail the big picture, which is this. God's kingdom will crush all other kingdoms, and God's kingdom will endure forever. You got that? You're good? So even if there's details uh, in Daniel 2, uh, and Daniel 7, and Daniel 8, and Daniel 9, and 10, 11, 12, that you're like, if you get this, that God's kingdom will crush all other kingdoms, and it itself will endure forever, you understand the book of Daniel. And you understand, really, the, the story of your Bible. You understand human history. This is where everything is leading to, the kingdom of God crushing the kingdoms of men and ruling and reigning forever. So, if I say other stuff later that you're like, go back to here, okay? So, Daniel lists the the different empires in the statue, and these are historical enemies um, of Israel, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece, and we'll, we'll find out later. Verse 35, all the kingdoms, they were shattered in SB. All at the same time they were shattered, and they became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, and not a trace of them could be found. So how much of the kingdoms could be found? Not a trace, right? The rock strikes, kaboom, they're gone. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. Okay, so then Daniel interprets the dream, verse 44. He says, in the days of those kings, the God of the heavens will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom, unlike all of these other kingdoms, will not be left to another people. It will crush. So can I do a preacher thing real quick? Say crush. Okay, I'll never ask you to do that again. But if I'm listening to preaching and they ask me to talk to them or say something to my neighbor, I'm just like. Stop it, please. I'm an adult. But anyway, all right. (laughs) This kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms. It will bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. 45, you saw a stone break off from from the mountain without a hand touching it, and it crushed the iron, the bronze, the fired clay, the silver, and the gold. Okay? So Daniel's interpreting this to Nebuchadnezzar, and this is all news to Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, Daniel's telling him this, and he's going, wow, I've never heard that before. Daniel, uh, this is not news to Daniel. 
Okay? And the reason this is not news to Daniel is because Daniel is a Jew. And Jews have a clear picture of the future. Gentile kingdoms, Gentile nations, Gentile philosophies, they have no vision for the future. They have no idea what is coming. Jews do. They have the oracles of God that tell them, here's how human history works. Here's where everything is leading. So I think as Daniel is, is, the Lord is revealing this dream to Daniel, Daniel's not receiving any new information. Okay? Now in other visions that he's going to get later in the book, he does see some new stuff and it really bothers him and he faints and he probably throws up. It troubles him so much. But Daniel too, I think, as the Lord's revealing this to him, I think Daniel's just nodding his head. Going, oh, that's the dream? I thought there was going to be something mind-blowing and earth-shattering here. This is just normal. He sees a statue of the kingdoms of Israel's enemies, and then he sees them destroyed. He sees them crushed by another kingdom that will last forever. And so as Daniel is a good Hebrew boy, well-versed in his nation's scriptures, one kingdom that would crush all other kingdoms was just old hat to him. Okay, He's not getting any new information here. Nothing is, is mind-blowing to him because his Bible starts with this very story. Okay, After Adam and Eve joined the serpent's rebellion against the Lord, what does God say Genesis the Lord says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you, the serpent, the dragon, right? We find out later the devil enmity between you and the woman between your offspring. right? Those that come after you and act like you do right later. Jesus is going to tell his enemies. Your father is the devil, your offspring and hers. And then he, a singular male, will crush your head. Though you will strike his heel. This is how the Bible starts, right? This is at the beginning, and this is the story of Israel's scriptures uh, to the end. That God is going to overturn evil. God's going to restore the earth through a serpent-crushing son. Or as we say, now it's not always, right? Like things are, are going to change. So, in Genesis 3.15, do you hear Nebuchadnezzar's dream? Do you hear that this rock crushes the kingdoms of, of the earth? The wicked are crushed by a rock sent from heaven. So that's Genesis 3. Genesis 12, which, uh, and I'm, so I'm just going to read a ton of Bible today. I hope you're okay with that at church. All right. Genesis 12, the pattern's repeated and it starts to get um, more shape. So Genesis 12 is the calling, the election of Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation. What's the statue about? Nations, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. You will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, who bless the seed of the woman and, and the family of Abraham, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. So the Lord says to Abraham, those who do violence to the seed of the woman will be cursed. And the fruit of those enemies being cursed is that those nations will be judged, and then all the rest of the earth will be blessed. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you, Abraham, through your family. So that's Daniel 2, right? The stone struck the statue, and it became a great mountain, and it filled the whole earth. This nation will overtake all the other and, and bless all the other nations, right? Same story, right? It's like there's no new information for Daniel. And we find out later, you keep reading in, in Daniel's Bible, this great nation will, will be a great mountain and it will have a great king ruling over it. Okay, so we're getting more detail. Genesis 49, he says, Judah, which is Daniel's tribe, right? Judah, your hand will be on the, the neck. 
Not quite the head, but close, right? Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. And the scepter, who carries scepters? Kings carry scepter. Will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs. The one whom just Israel will honor. All the nations will honor this coming one from Judah. So you're, you're Daniel, you're marching into Babylon to, uh, to you know, do the bidding of a serpent-worshipping foreign king. Do you think maybe Genesis 49 is in his mind as he's marching off into exile? Like you think he's looking at Nebuchadnezzar and he's looking at the whole uh, Babylon system and he's thinking, you know, things look bad right now for me. For Judah, for Israel, for my nation. But my Bible says the coming one will come. And that he will bless those who bless me and my family. But his hand is going for your neck. Right? I think he's marching into exile. I think he's standing in Nebuchadnezzar's court and going, this is Genesis 49. I've seen this story before. Okay? Like, this is what's happening. So the crushing seed promise keeps growing, this time out of the mouth of a pagan prophet where's ryan is he on security today you're right there hey man (laughs) ryan likes this story because it's a cool story we've got it we've got a pagan prophet do you guys do false prophets again today larry's you guys still on it here's one but he says right things he's his heart's wicked but he says prophesies um correctly he stands up and, and he prophesies over israel he says i will let you know that this people israel what they will do to your people all the gentile uh, Antagonist nations in the latter days. Daniel's vision to Nebuchadnezzar says he's let the king know what will happen in the latter days. So maybe there's a connection there. I will let you know what Israel will do to you in the last days. A scepter will rise out of Israel. That's Genesis 49. And it shall crush who? Who? Moab. Yeah, it's going to crush Israel's enemies. The forehead of Moab. It will break down all the sons of Sheth. Edom, I should have had a map here. I didn't put a map up. Eden shall be dispossessed. Seir also, his enemies shall be dispossessed. And then one from Jacob, one from Israel shall exercise dominion and destroy the survivors of the cities. What is the dream? What is the vision? This one will crush all these kingdoms. It will bring them to an end, but it will endure forever. It's Numbers 24. And then uh, he keeps prophesying. Then he looked on Amalek. And took up his discourse and he said, Amalek was the first among the nation, but its end is utter destruction. The end for Amalek is chaff, blown away like the wind, which is just what the dream said. So when the scepter rises out of Israel to to crush, rule, have dominion, who is it crushing? According to Numbers 24, Moab, Sheph, Seir, and Amalek. Nations that have, at the time of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, surrounded and oppressed Israel. Like the seed of the serpent has made its dwelling around the seed of the woman to do violence to her, to crush her, to end her. Okay, And these are also the nations that happen to reside geographically around uh, Nebuchadnezzar's empire. I should have had a map. So I think Daniel gets this vision from the Lord. He's interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And he's just laying in his bed. And he goes, oh yeah, it's Numbers 24. I've seen this before. 
I've read this before. We talked about this around my father's table back in Jerusalem. I know what's going on here, right? This is the story the Torah is telling. And so to close out of the Torah, those first five books of the scripture, Deuteronomy is the last book. It keeps the empire-crushing, Israel-rescuing seed story going. So this is very cool. So if I bored you, Deuteronomy 33, pay attention. Verse 6 The last words of Moses, he's about to die. Their people are about to go into the land. And Moses says, there is none like the God of Jeshurun. That's just a pet name for Israel. Is my wife here? Did she get sick? Guys, she's super pregnant. (laughs) And she's running out of breath up here. She had a show yesterday and it was 95 and humid. You guys made it through. Brody did great. Um, she did too. She's eight months pregnant. Okay, so sorry. Jeshurun's a, that's where I was going. Jeshurun is a pet name for Israel. Uh, my pet name for my wife is B. Hey, B. Anyway. <laughs> There's none like the God of Jeshurun who, what, rides the heavens to your aid in the clouds with majesty. So we're going to look at this again when we get to Daniel chapter 7. But just to say this, Yahweh rides on the clouds to rescue Israel from her enemies. Verse 29, how happy are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by who? Who saves Israel? The Lord, right? The rock's not cut out by his human hands. This hand is cut out without human hands. It's saved by the Lord. He is the shield that protects you. He is the sword that you boast in. Your enemies, Israel, will cringe before you. And you, when Yahweh rides on the clouds, will tread, will crush on their backs. Daniel knows Deuteronomy 33. He knows Israel's help will come from heaven. Israel's help will ride on the clouds to save. And Israel's help will strike their enemies and shatter them. Do you see Daniel 2 in Deuteronomy 33? I hope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. And just as you, as you are, are, are trying to be disciples of Jesus individually and you're reading your Bibles, look for these things. Okay, look that like we have 66 different things happening in our Bible, but the Lord has woven these all together to tell this unified, uh, uh, continuing story. Like, like the Bible helps us interpret the Bible and helps us interpret and understand um, history, okay? So that's the story that the Torah tells. The seed uh, from the woman will crush and, and, and destroy and end the seed of the serpent and the serpent itself. So that's the Torah moving to the prophets. And in the prophets, Hannah sings uh, the same song. Literally, this is a song. First uh, Samuel 2.10, Hannah's praying in the temple and she says, There is no rock like our God. A rock came down and crushed the statue. Those who oppose the Lord will be. Shattered. The rock will shatter. Right? It's the same story. Okay? A rock from heaven shattered the statue. Okay? So that's Hannah. Then David, who is the seed of Abraham from the tribe of Judah. David is raised up as king. Genesis 49. Numbers 24. And then the Lord says through the prophet Nathan to David, 2 Samuel 7. I will make a great name for you, David, like that of the greatest of, of all the earth. Okay? So fast forward to Daniel. He's just right before he interprets the dream. He goes to Nebuchadnezzar and he says, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the king of kings. You are, are the greatest. You have glory, glory, sovereignty, power over the whole earth. Even the animals bow down to you, Nebuchadnezzar. 
But in his head, Daniel is going, but my king from David's line will dethrone even you. He will be the greatest of the kings of all the earth. Verse 10, back to Nathan and David. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Where's Daniel right now? In Babylon. His city, his place has been destroyed and they've been exiled. But the Lord promised David that I'm going to designate a place for my people Israel and they won't be destroyed or disturbed again by the Babylons and the Medo-Persians and the Greeces of the world. Then he says, evildoers like Nebuchadnezzar, like Alexander, like Antiochus Epiphanes, as, as we're going to see, evildoers will not continue to oppress them. And I will give you rest from all of your enemies. I will raise up after you, David, your descendant, your seed, Genesis 3, the, the seed. And I will establish his kingdom and the throne of his kingdom forever. What did the dream say? It will crush all these kingdoms, but it itself will endure forever. The same story over and over and over. Second Samuel, now David's singing. Hannah's saying, now David's singing. And who is a... Oh, do I not have it in there? Second Samuel uh, 22, 32. Oh, there it is. Who is a rock? <laughs> Only our God. Verse 39, I, Israel's king, will wipe them out and will crush them. And they do not rise. Daniel 2, not a trace of them could be found. And once I crush them, they will not rise again. They fall beneath my feet. Verse 43, I pulverize them like dust. I crush them. I trample them. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. God, the rock of my salvation is exalted. It, it becomes a mountain and fills the whole earth and it casts down peoples under me. You should know this one and you should know this one. This is Sauvé, right? Blessed be the Lord, my rock trains my... Anyway, maybe we'll do that at men's. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Daniel, seeing this dream, sees the rock crushing the statue, and he's going, oh yeah, rock crushes kingdom. Right? How would you do that? If it was rock, paper, scissors, rock crushes kingdoms. He's going, Second Samuel. David's song. David prophesied these things. And then David keeps building the, the, the seed and the crushing and the rock uh, narrative through the Psalms. Okay? I told you it's a lot of Bible today. I hope you're okay with it. I don't care if you're okay with it. You need it. This is your medicine. Take it. Okay? It's good for you. Psalm 1 and 2. Uh, Stoney read this morning. says, the wicked are like what? Like chaff. What does the statue become when the rock strikes it? Chaff. Blown away. All right, powder dust, it goes away. The nations rage. The statue of nations rage. The people plot in vain. The kings of the earth, Nebi, uh, Belshazzar, Alexander, Antiochus, they take their stand against the Lord and against his anointed one. And the one enthroned in the heavens laughs at them and the Lord ridicules them, right? Nice statue you got there. Be ashamed if someone shattered it, right? He's mocking them. He's laughing at these nations. Verse 5, then he speaks to them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath. says, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. What does the rock that strikes the statue become? A mountain. I will declare the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son, the seed, the descendant of Eve, of Abraham, of David. You are my son. Verse 8, ask of me and I will make Israel your inheritance. The nations, the rock crushes all these nations and fills the whole. I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. 
Verse 9, you will break them with an iron scepter. You will shatter them like pottery. The rock shatters the kingdoms of Israel's enemy, and then the mountain fills the whole earth. You think Daniel saw Psalm 1 and 2 when the Lord gave him the dream. Absolutely. I think Psalm 1 and 2 is the main thing that David saw as, as he's watching the dream unfold in front of him. Okay? Crush them, shatter them like pottery. Psalm 29, you will make them burn like a fiery furnace when when you appear, right? When you appear, the Lord will engulf them in his wrath and fire will devour them. So we'll look at this when we get to Daniel 7. But Daniel 2 and Daniel 7, I think, are are parallel visions, parallel dreams. In Daniel 2, the statue is crushed and turned to powder, the, the last kingdom. And then in Daniel 7, it's not crushed, but it's thrown into the fire and devoured and and burned by the cloud rider. Verse 10, you will wipe their progeny from the earth and their offspring, their seed, their generation. <coughs> Sorry, cracker. <coughs> I'm a little worried about my wife, actually. She's gone. You will wipe their offspring from the human race. Not a trace of them could be found. Daniel 2, right? Same thing. Psalm 37. If you've spent any time with me in the last three years, was my favorite psalm. (laughs) Psalm 37. The greatest, the greatest psalm for me at this present time. Psalm 37 says this. Fret not yourself of evildoers. Why? They will soon fade like the grass. And soon is obviously a term relative to God. Right? <laughs> Waiting on them to fade. Verse 10. In just a little while, again, relative to God, the wicked will be no more. Though you will look carefully at his place, he will not be there. Where did that giant statue go? I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the wicked kingdoms of the earth. Where did they go? Well, the Lord took care of them. A rock came from the heavens and shattered them. A man rode in the clouds and burned them. You will look carefully at his place and he will not be there. Verse 11, but the meek will inherit the land. The land promised to Abraham, previously dispossessed by his enemies. And they will delight themselves in abundant peace. Verse 28 of Psalm 37. For the Lord loves justice He will not abandon his faithful ones. They are kept safe forever in a kingdom that endures forever. But the children of the wicked, the children, the offspring, the generation of the serpent, the children of the wicked, they will be destroyed. They will be crushed. And verse 34, verse 34. Okay, verse 34 says, wait for the Lord, keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. So we're going to go to the end of Daniel now. Daniel 12. I think I put it in there. I hope I put it in there. Daniel 12. Yeah, Daniel 12. Happy is the one who waits and reaches the 1,335 days. We'll get to that. But as for you, Daniel, go on your way to the end. You will rest and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance. When? At the end of days. Back to Psalm 37, verse 34. Wait for the Lord. Keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. You think Daniel's got Psalm 37 in his head? As he's in exile, as he's seeing the stone crush the statue, Psalm 37, 35. I have seen a wicked, violent person, well-rooted like a flourishing tree. 
Daniel chapter 4 is a giant tree of Nebuchadnezzar's that gets chopped down at the root. I've seen a wicked, violent person, well-rooted like a flourishing tree. Then I passed by and I noticed, where'd the tree go? He was gone. I searched for him, but he could not be found. Daniel 2.35, not a trace of the statue could be found. Verse 38, but the transgressors will all be Eliminated. The future of the wicked will be destroyed. It will be crushed. It will not be heard from again. Guys, Daniel 2 is Psalm 37. Daniel 2 is Genesis 3. It's Numbers 24. It's Genesis 49. It's Psalm 1 and 2. And on and on and on and on. The story of the scriptures really doesn't change. God has made a promise to crush the serpent's head. God has made a promise that his kingdom will cover the earth. Not the kingdoms of wicked men and wicked leaders. No, but the kingdom of God. With the Lord Jesus ruling and reigning the entire earth. Okay? And we're just going to go to Isaiah here. I'm not going to read any prophets past Isaiah because Daniel didn't have them. But they all say the same thing. They're all saying the same thing over and over and over and over. Psalm 110, my goodness. The Lord is at your right hand and he will crush kings when? On the day of his wrath. Verse 6, he will crush chiefs over the wide earth. Daniel 2. Daniel 2. The Davidic king from Eve, from Abraham, from David will crush Israel's enemies. And the serpent that empowers them and his mountain uh, and, and his mountain, he's going to crush all of them. And then his kingdom and his king will fill the whole earth. OK. We have more. Psalm 132. For the Lord has chosen what mountain? Mount Zion, not Babylon, not Medo-Persia, not Greece. OK, this is my resting place, the Lord says, forever And ever here, I will sit enthroned here. I will make a horn, a kingdom. I will make it grow for David and it will fill the whole earth. Any back to the future people in here? Hello, McFly. Daniel (laughs) two. Same thing. Isaiah, same story. In the last days, what was Nebuchadnezzar's dream about? What will happen in the last days? In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established as the top of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. All the nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of Nebuchadnezzar or Artaxerxes or Antiochus. No, to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, the God of Israel, Isaiah 9. And who's going to lead the nations from this high mountain and from this holy house? Isaiah 9, 6, a son, a seed from Genesis 3 will be given to us, to Israel, to Judah, and all you Gentiles who worship Israel and Judah's God will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders, not the governments of the shoulders of, of the statue. Right? Hallelujah. You know what I mean? Psalm 37, Psalm 110, Psalm, you know, 1 1 and 2, Isaiah 2, Isaiah Isaiah 9. This is how you get through election years, my dudes. (laughs) Right? You you guys will not be in charge for very much longer. Okay? (laughs) Verse 7 of Isaiah 9. The dominion will be vast. I should have put a map up. Bigger than Nebuchadnezzar's, which is massive. The dominion will be vast. Its prosperity will never end. It's going to be richer than Nebuchadnezzar's. Okay? Nebuchadnezzar, who has, you know, some of the seven wonders of the world, 
in his kingdom, they say, no, this messianic anointed son, his kingdom, its prosperity will far surpass all the kingdoms of the earth. And he will reign from where? On the throne of David, which is what the prophet said to him, on the throne of David, over his kingdom from now on and forever. And then who's going to do it? Who will make sure this happens? You? Our church? No, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So you guys can actually just trust in him. <laughs> Let's just take the weight off. Okay? The future belongs to the Lord. Now, do we, do we participate and give ourselves wholeheartedly to that? Absolutely. But there's no pressure on you. The pressure is on him. And he, he always comes through. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. It's Daniel 2. It's not with a human hand that the rock... Is cut out. And then Isaiah 25. Isaiah 25 is uh, one of the most, if not the most important scriptures um, to our church body. We have it right when you walk out the door every Sunday. What do you see? He will swallow up death forever. You leave here with the gospel and you walk out that door and you say, oh, no, I need to go and make disciples and tell people that he will swallow up death forever. And Jillian, it still looks good. Several months later, we haven't had to change it. It looks great. Okay. So Isaiah 25 is just Daniel 2. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. Remember where Daniel's at right now? He's not in Jerusalem. Israel is not a light blessing all the nations. He's in Babylon in shame and reproach and sackcloth and ashes. But Isaiah prophesies of a day when their reproach will be taken away. It will be cleaned. It will be washed white. That, that uh, uh, phrase that we you know, like to say, or that your sin is red as scarlet, he will wash you white as snow. That's in these same Isaiah prophecies. The reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, and it will be set on that day. Behold, this is our God. We've waited for him that he might save us. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation, for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. The same mountain from Isaiah 2 and Isaiah 24, Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And, like, the Lord's going to rest on this mountain, okay? And so we love Isaiah 25. Like we, Stoney, every time he gets a microphone, you read Isaiah 25. Learn a new trick, man, okay? Isaiah 25, we love it. It's the end of tears. It's the end of death. It's the time that Israel is rescued and the time that Israel is saved and their reproach is, is taken away and the glory of the Lord covers the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. But there's more going on in Isaiah 25 than just that, all that awesome stuff that we love. So we keep reading Isaiah 25 and find out that the serpent crushing, statue shattering stuff is still happening. Isaiah 25, keep going. And Moab shall be trampled down in his place as straw is trampled down in a dunghill. Like Tonkwa Blackwell football game. Trampled down in a dunghill. And the Lord will lay low. Moab's pompous pride together with the skill of the Lord's hands. A rock not cut out by human hands does the smashing, does the shattering, does the destroying of the enemies of Israel. So Isaiah 25 gives us this picture that at the same, and, and Daniel too, obviously, at the time that the Lord is rescuing his people in Zion, his foot is on the head of his enemies, crushing them face down into a pile of dung. Which is another 
Back to the future reference, right? Biff always ends up with the dump truck of poop on. Sorry. All right. So you know Daniel 2 now. This is what's happening. The Lord's rock is striking the statue and not a trace of it will be found. So to encourage you today, this is where human history is going. All of the wicked kings and kingdoms and all of the wicked gods and demons in the heavens and on the earth will be crushed into powder and they will blow away like the wind. And one kingdom, a kingdom of of justice and peace and righteousness and love will endure forever. So if your vision of the future of the planet is pessimistic, you need to change it. This is where things are going. A kingdom that cannot end, that will not end. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so the question before us today, Brody, would you come help us please? The question is this, will we align ourselves with the statue that is crushed? Will we align ourselves with the seed of the serpent and continue on in sin and rebellion against God and in hate towards our neighbor? Or, right? The story starts, Genesis 3, there's, there's two paths, the seed of the woman, the seed of the servant. Okay, Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. Or will we align ourselves with the rock that's going to crush? Are we going to align ourselves with the seed of the woman and walk in repentance and humility and faith towards God and in love towards our neighbor? So if you want to align yourself with the rock, which is what I would advise, okay, Today, repent. That rock's not coming to shatter and smash repentant people and repentant nations, right? A, a bruised reed, he, he will not break, right? He comes in gentleness and humility uh, uh, to those that will turn and to repent. So repent, put your trust in Jesus' cross for the forgiveness of your sin, and then believe it. Okay? You know, there's moments where you believe the cross and then you fail so miserably and you don't believe it anymore. I'm telling you, believe it still. The cross is still real. Sins are, are, are still forgiven. God is still accounting in this way. Put your trust in Jesus' cross for the forgiveness of your sin. Put your trust in Jesus' resurrection as the guarantee of your resurrection. And then leave everything and follow him. This is how you avoid the smashing. And then last thing that is absolutely important is after repentance, faith, following Jesus, then devote yourself to others who can help you follow him. Because the, the rest of, of, of this age is hard, okay? Wicked kings and wicked kingdoms keep coming up and you look and just like, how is this ever going to be destroyed? And you need to know and you need to have people around you who will encourage you and say, hey, the rock wins, Okay? The cloud rider wins. The statue gets destroyed. The, the beast gets burned. And all things are made new. And the glory of the Lord, the mountain, fills the whole earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for the Bible. Uh, thank you for uh, the scriptures that we've been handed down. Thank you for the words of Moses, God, that that you gave him. Thank you for the words of the prophets um, that tell us where the future is going. 
God, thank you that we don't have to be ignorant of what's coming. That we can have um, just a firm, uh, strong anchor that you win. That the people of God win. That the the kingdom is handed over to the saints and they, they rule and reign forever and ever and ever. So give us confidence in the scripture today. Give us confidence in the oracles today. Make the resurrection of Jesus real to us that confirms all these things are true. And it's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. What Daniel saw is real. It's real. So I ask God for our church, members of Christian Life Church, that we would align ourselves around the rock. We would, we would align ourselves around the cloud rider and go his way, give ourselves to his way, walk in repentance, walk in humility, walk in faithfulness, walk in faith and trust in him. That you've written the end of the story, you know where this is going, and, and uh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish these things. So we just come under you, we, we come under your banner, come behind you. Um, and give you our allegiance, give you our devotion. In the name of Jesus, everyone said amen. If you're not a believer today, right, if, if, uh, if we're talking snakes and, and uh, babies and, and statues and rocks, you would be over here and you want to turn your heart to the Lord today. Today, don't. Why? Don't do it next week. Do it today. Um, You can talk to a member of our church. They can tell you what it means to put your trust in the cross, what it means to put your trust in the resurrection, what it means to follow him. Um, Or you can fill out a card or you can talk to any of our elders. um, And we love to work through that stuff with you. So don't leave here today. Not there. Um, Now our elders are going to be at the front. We're going to pray about anything in response to the word or or anything else going on in your life. If you're not praying with an elder, Pray by yourself, pray in your row, or or go pray for someone else if the Lord's leading you to do that. So let's pray.